0: Friday, but today we are going freaky Wednesday and switching things around. Instead of me being the interviewer, I was the interviewee for this one. LaSalle Peru boys basketball coach Jim Trevaney ran the interview and asked me questions about me personally. That is episode 67 of Edge of Your podcast. Why not? Why not switch it up? We're in quarantine times, time to be creative. And he had mentioned it in November. I spoke with him. He was on this podcast talking about the beginning of the boys' basketball season. They had wrapped up a tournament in Ottawa. And I kind of forgot exactly when I talked to him. I knew he was on the podcast. And he had asked me then. He was like, hey, maybe sometime in the future, if you want to, it would be cool if I asked you questions. I was like, you know what? That's a fantastic idea. So here we are. That is this very episode of Edge of Your Podcast. And I am your host. Well, I guess, guest, Brandon Lachance, for this one. A couple things I did want to touch on before we get to Mr. Jim Trevaney being the host of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. First of all, he does say Lachance. Sometimes, people call me Lachance and I just don't say anything. Lachance, Lachance, I know you're talking to me. I don't really care how you say my name. I used to, when I was younger, care about it a lot. My great-uncle Bill kind of showed me that. He was like, hey... Whether they call you Lachance, whether they call you Lachance, it really doesn't matter. They're still talking to you. They still respect you. They're still addressing you. It doesn't matter. So that's how I go about it. And when I goof up other people's names, which I tend to do, I really don't worry about it as much because people goof up my name all the time. It's no big deal. I still mean the same amount of respect and everything else that I mean when I'm saying your name. So that's why I didn't really get offended. A lot of people in this area call me Lachance. No big deal. Also, some other things about this interview. It's not like I forgot what I wanted to say, but I, I don't think I've ever been asked questions. I guess I did for a couple stories for IVCC students. I did a couple of stories with them. They wanted to talk to a media representative. But we were talking about SIU when I was going over my job as a member of the arena game staff. And there was a couple memories that I should have touched on and I didn't. First, when I was talking about events and things that I had done, I met Drew Carey in person. They did an improv show. Some of the cast from the Drew Carey show were on there. I met Mimi. I met a couple of people from Whose Line Is It Anyways? Including Ryan Stiles. It was really cool to meet those guys. I have a wall poster with their signatures underneath their picture. Just wanted to bring that up just so I could relive it. That was a great memory that I only got to do because I had taken that job. And I also wanted to mention Dan Callahan. He was the SIU baseball coach. He has since passed away from cancer. But he was a great man to meet. I actually, through the game staff, I took a job working for the baseball team. I did their laundry, worked in the clubhouse, did stuff like that. I shagged balls, you know, whatever job. You know, I got paid to chill with the baseball team. All the baseball team knew me, I knew them. I would see him in classes, walk in the hallways, we'd talk. It was cool. He pointed out to me one time, like, obviously at SIU, we're partying. That's why I'm bringing it up, because Jim Trevaney and I talk about SIU and partying. I brought up this job and things that I enjoyed about college. Well, Callahan was the one that kind of put me in place, so to say. Gave me a perspective. I was at the clubhouse whenever I wanted to be. After practices, after games, everybody would be gone, and it was my clubhouse. I could do whatever I wanted to. And I took advantage of it, like a normal 18,19year-old would, or most would. <laughs> I was drinking and you know, doing all that college stuff. and there was a couple times where, you know, I had failed to do something I was supposed to want a job or something like that, and I ended up leaving. And before I left, he was like, look, you are a very smart kid, you know your sports, you know sort of what you're doing. Get yourself together, figure it out. You do that, and you're going to be well off. Just figure it out. Don't let this characterize you. And I did it. Never since that point. I never did. He's like, you know, you have goals, you have dreams, do it. And I did. Jim and I kind of talked about that, about dreams and, you know, pushing for things you wanted to do. And Callahan was a huge role model mentor for me to do that, especially in college. In high school, it would have been my basketball coach, Brian Bloomhurst. I remember senior banquet after the whole season's over, he did a little speech or, you know, told everybody about that senior. I was up and he said, if it was based on heart and determination. The NBA would offer Brandon Lachance a contract and then went on to talk about my drive and, and keeping and wanting to improve myself and get better at everything I do. And that has stuck with me and been a deal for me, a big thought process my entire life since then. Every time I'm doing something and start to fail or start to slip or not doing as well as I want to, I always remember... Coach Bloomer's speech and I remember his face when he said it and how he looked at me when he said it and I will never forget any of that. Never. Never. Definitely a role model speech that I will never forget and it's helped me get where I'm at. I'm not saying I'm at like the best place in the world, but I'm I'm not complaining. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with life right now. Well, besides the coronavirus that is shutting down life as we know it. Just always pay attention to those people that are saying things, that are telling you things. Connect on just one or two of those words or just a phrase and it changes your life forever. I never even noticed it. I didn't notice at all. Through high school, definitely not. Through college, not really. But then when you sit back and you look at things and think about things that has helped mold you or helped change things or helped put you in the place you're at. Dan Callahan and Brian Bloomhurst are two guys that I will never forget and that molded me, helped mold me and where I'm at today. So I just wanted to bring them up because Trevaney and I kind of talk about some of these things and I did not say that during the interview. I guess that's the good thing about being the real host is I can go back, do this intro, and add other things that I wanted to say. He doesn't have the opportunity to do that because the whole deal here was we got to switch roles. He got to ask me questions. One more thing I want to talk about we will get to Trevaney I want to talk about Shameless. I just finished Season 9. I know there's going to be a Season 10, and then I think the show is wrapping up after that. I know I'm a little behind. I'm trying to catch up. I want to binge watch The Tiger King on Netflix so we can discuss that. Other things that I want to watch. But with Shameless, holy Fiona. Fiona, I just spoke about this like two episodes ago because I said I had started Season 9. She goes the full circle of doing pretty well for herself, trying to put eggs in a basket, carry that basket as far as she can, to blowing up that basket, stomping on every single egg, totally gone, doesn't even exist anymore, and then trying to restart, put it together, and then she just leaves everything behind to do this somewhere else. Wow. Kind of mind-blowing. And I was talking to a friend today and said, yeah, that season is not really as good as the rest, but I kind of liked it, actually. I like the full circle-ness of Fiona in one season, that was kind of cool, but just I love Shameless because of they're human beings and every single flaw that they have, they just continue to go through life. Fiona and Lip were screaming at each other three episodes prior, two episodes prior maybe, and then at the very last episode, Flip wants to throw her a party because they're leaving and Fiona says no I love my brother in another speech or talking to somebody else. Because that's love, that's appreciation for the other person. That's what human beings do. You can fight and argue with somebody and let it ride. Like, hey, we don't have to see eye to eye. That's what I like about it. It isn't just a pushover human emotion and and how people act. Like, that is how it happens. Sure, it's shortened. Sometimes you might argue with somebody and not talk to them for a month or two months. Something like that. Unfortunately, there is a very loved member of my family that I did not talk to for over a year. Over something that was really stupid going back and look on it. And we've had this conversation and like, yeah, what were we doing? have no idea. But that's why I like Shameless. Things can happen. You're all crazy. We're all crazy. You look at other people and you're like, man, (laughs) they're super crazy. We all all crazy in some way or another. We all think differently than the other person. We all do things that might not be normal. Uh, There is not really a normal because we're all kind of crazy. That's how it goes, and that's why I like Shameless. Now they're a little crazier because it's a show, and it's pretty entertaining. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Holy Fiona, that was nuts. And then her boyfriend, who has been around for a little while at least, is married and has a kid. Sort of separated, but goes back to her. And man, man, what they did to him, though, Debbie, put him in, the <laughs> put him in that little sign with his butt hanging out. Uh, that was hilarious. Shot him with a paintball gun. if you Fiona did. That was great. That was, that was pretty entertaining. Anyway, if you've not seen it, which you probably have, it's been out for a while, especially the live version, and it's been on Netflix for a little bit. Shameless Season 9, or if you've not seen Shameless at all, it's a great show. It's funny. I've learned some stuff about me and about life in general from that show. I really appreciate it. It's a good show. We will be back on Friday. Again, we're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday from now on. Sorry about Monday show being pushed to Tuesday. I thought I fried my computer. Oh, my gosh, did I I thought I fried my computer. I was freaking out. But I got it out on Tuesday. Today is Wednesday. We'll have one on Friday. Thank you for tuning in. You can hit us up on social media, Facebook, Edge of Your C Podcast, Twitter, Edge of Your CP. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Anything that you'd like to say to us, suggestion, questions, thoughts, whatever. Anything. Edge of Your Sea Podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Get back to you. Let's turn it to Travaney as a special guest host of this episode of Edge of Your Sea Podcast. Until next time. Peace. This is Edge of Your Sea Podcast. But it's going to be a different Edge of Your Seat podcast. Instead of me being the one asking the questions and leading the conversation, I have a friend who decided, you know, that he would like to try it. When I talked to him, oh wow, what did I talk to you, Jim Trevaney?
1: Oh, uh, that was November, right after the Dean Riley tournament
0: um, over in Ottawa. So I talked to you then, and you're like, hey, you know, next time we talk or something, maybe I can ask the questions. And since we're in coronavirus quarantine time, I was like, this would be perfect to have the LaSalle, Peru boys basketball coach, Jim Giovanni, ask me questions. So, Jim, this is your show. Go ahead. Well, if this is uh, one of the shows
1: that gets your your least listening-ship or viewership, apologize now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I highly doubt that. This would be interesting.
1: We'll see. I've never been on this end. But anyways... I wasn't expecting this today, but I'm glad you called, because there are people out there that always get asked the questions, and now it's our time to ask the questions and get the answers. So, first and foremost, who is Brandon Lachance? Who are you? Where are you from? What are your hobbies? What do you do? do?
0: This is already a tough one. I think we're going to have to stop this right now. Oh, boy. Well, thanks for letting
1: me run this, and we'll talk (laughs) soon.
0: Well, where I'm from, I'm actually from pretty much all over northern Illinois. I was actually born in Janesville, Wisconsin, and I've had stays in South Beloit, Rockford, DeKalb, Sycamore. I believe that was it until Mendota. We kind of jumped around back and forth, so I stayed in DeKalb a couple times, Sycamore a couple times, in and out of Rockford in the Wisconsin area, South Beloit, pretty much my entire life until I was... 13. And then we came to Mendota and I went to uh, Mendota High School. Then I went to Southern Illinois right after I graduated. Took a couple years off when I call him my brother, but he was a best friend. His family kind of took me in when things were rough. And then I went back and graduated in 2010. I've been all over Illinois. Sure. So your degree is from SIU? Yes. I got a degree in okay. journalism with a minor. It was in Spanish cause I was like, Hey, if I could do bilingual and I'm from like Rockford, Mendota area, you know, I, I know the language. It was like, Hey, I took four years at Mendota high school and then two years at college, but then it got sure so tough. And I'm like, I don't know if I could really do that. So I changed it to uh, creative writing English. And so I was all English, I guess. Cool. I've I've never been to SIU before.
1: I went to Eastern Illinois and I visited U of I, visited ISU and Northern and some other colleges. I've never been to SIU. I've always heard the stories about
0: what SIU is known for. What was your favorite part of attending SIU? Ooh, I mean, that's a good one. Obviously, I know you're talking about the parties. The parties were pretty cool. They had chilled out since the major times, like 10 years. So I went down there. My freshman year would have been 2004. I graduated in 10. Like I said, I took two years off in between my junior and senior year. But um, the partying was still a lot of fun. There was house parties every day, not even just the weekends. There was beer pong tournaments. Every day, I mean, the house that my friends ran, we weren't really a frat, but a group of like 20 or 30 of us that were together all the time, especially my sophomore and junior year. We played beer pong pretty much day in, day out. If we weren't at school, in classroom, we were playing beer pong. well at at least you stayed active i guess (laughs) (laughs) to further answer your question i actually worked for the siu game staff so i was like a usher ticket taker uh security guard for all things at siu so i was at every single home basketball game in my sophomore year Maybe junior year was the year that SIU basketball, men's basketball, went to the Sweet 16. So I got to watch a lot of awesome basketball. Bradley was really good that year. There was a lot of studs in college that had NBA careers that I got to watch. I was at every football game I was a security guard for football so I was like on the track around the field so I had a front court I guess front field seat which was amazing and then there was also things that we would do like concerts Nelly was there I was a ticket taker for him Kanye West was there I was actually a security guard for Kanye so I was right in front of the stage so those were probably my favorite moments besides the partying was what that job opportunity gave me and then of course I was writing for the newspaper so I got to write stories about these you know experiences too so it was a of food. so when
1: did you know you were going to become a journalist and get your degree in journalism was it before you even went to siu or was that like as it developed becoming the security guard attending all these events because i know when i was in college I did some of that stuff also, but I was down a security, and I'd you know, I'd go watch uh, Creedence Clearwater Revisited. They came down to Eastern one year when I was there, and, and that was a heck of a concert. Uh, Bill Cosby came one year for family weekend. I'd always go to basketball games just to watch. You went there to work. I went there to learn and enjoy the game. When did you know that you wanted to get into journalism and report about
0: what you were seeing? I actually figured that out. My senior year of high school, so I was a basketball player. I'd kind of dabbled in football, more junior tackle. As soon as I got to high school, I kept getting hurt, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm like 15 years old, and my back is always in pain." So I kind of give that gave that up. I was basketball. I ran practices with the uh, cross country team to stay in shape, things like that. Always wanted to be an athlete, but I really wasn't athletic enough. Like I knew the game, I was probably smart enough, but just didn't have the athletics to get it done. So. That's what I wanted to do. Well, then I got into a car accident in October of 2003, which was my senior year, and I have two plates, a rod, and eight screws in my left ankle, and my face is pretty much reconstructed. I broke broke almost every bone, and I have 16 plates in my face, which, thank you for the doctors, you can never tell, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. So going through that, I couldn't, I didn't run for like three years, I couldn't walk for a year. So I had to change real quick. Like, obviously, you know, even if I wanted to go to junior college and play basketball and figure it out after that, I didn't have that opportunity. I just kind of sat down. Obviously, I was in the hospital for a while and at home, I couldn't go back to school until the next semester. So I was like, um, what do I do now? And I always like to read I always was good at English papers. I got really good grades. I'm like, hey, maybe I can be a writer. And then it was like a light bulb went off. I was watching ESPN Sports Center, and I was like, I could write about sports. I know sports and I know how to write. Why don't I do that? And that's where it happened. Where was your first job at? Was it at the News Tribune in LaSalle? No, actually my first full-time job professionally was in Carterville Illinois which is an outskirts of Carbondale it would kind of be like maybe kind of like an Oglesby to LaSalle kind of like that okay so it's a smaller town on the outskirts they actually had really awesome football teams when I was there and I think this year they were in the elite eight maybe final four of for basketball I want to say elite uh-huh. eight for basketball so really good athletics down there my first job was the Carterville Courier, and the guy that owned that also owned the Heron Independent and the Johnson City Herald, which are also towns down in southern Illinois. So that's where I first started working. I worked there before I actually started at the Daily Egyptian, which was the paper for southern Illinois.
1: Gotcha. So when you came to the news trib, probably just shortly after that, what was your role? You, I know you were
0: covering uh, LP sports and local sports, and tell us a little bit about that first started at the paper, I was part-time for two years, because they had full-time writers already, and they were just like, hey, we got this little spot, I think it was like 10 hours a week or something like that, before mm-hmm. things started shifting, people got different jobs, whatever. So I was working other jobs, I worked, man, I've done pretty much everything you can think of. I worked at a hotel, I worked at a gas station, I worked at a couple different factories, I did a little bit of everything, just trying to, to uh, support the dream, I guess, and then... Mm-hmm. I was working at ADS in Mendota which is a advanced drainage systems and I worked out in the yard so I was throwing coils on we call them vans but they're trailers and stacking them up to get ready to transport. I started there through a temp agency and they said You know after three months if you work out we'll hire you on well those three months came up and they wanted to hire me on and it was like okay do i take this job and forget about writing and do that part-time instead of wanting to do it full-time and that to be my life Uh and i was like no i i don't want to give up yet so i quit ads started working at Bax and oglesby the gas station and not even four or five months later somebody left at the news tribune and i got hired full-time so i made the right decision
1: That's a great story. There's so many people out there that they have a dream. They have a vision of who they want to be, what they want to do. And sometimes, you know, the path takes longer than expected and sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do to figure out what you do want to do when my brother was just later high school and just out of college he worked for rr donley out of dwight and he would drive to dwight every day and he would help make phone books back when he really needed a phone book Um, but he'd be slinging phone books all day and packaging them and he'd come home and i can remember him telling my parents how he hated the job he didn't want to do it it was just too and so they said what do you want to do and he didn't want to do manual physical labor i was the same way when i was in college i was doing manual labor jobs and i figured you know I, I want to do something where i'm going to help other people and that's what kind of got me into coaching but all along the way you're doing these different jobs odd jobs that get you where you want to go so that, that's great that's uh good for you because i know uh like you said you've taken a a path that has like your word was to get to your dream and so you're there and you've kind of moved on through that
0: and past that and so tell us where you're at now so i was at the news tribune for eight years i left in october they were bought out and just things weren't Obviously the same, things were a lot different. I wasn't the only one left, but I decided that maybe I should try to find something else. I was already talking about starting this podcast called Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I was already working with a friend who I thought was gonna be a co-host. Still a good friend, but we just, you know, didn't work out. We saw different visions and stuff like that. Then I found another friend who wanted to do it and his schedule and my schedule just didn't match up, so ended up leaving the paper and went into banking, which is super crazy because I am not mathematical at all. Never was. (laughs) Not too many people are, and I'm one of them also. (laughs) The worst grades that I ever received were definitely in math class. But what I do is I'm a customer service rep, so I set up accounts. I talk to people, I answer phones, I do all that kind of stuff. I thought it was a good way to get into an industry that I didn't know, but that I'd seen as being prosperous. Money-wise, benefit-wise, I made a really good decision. And I'm still using some of those skills that I've learned through high school and college and working professional journalism. I started the Carterville Courier in 2005. So in February of 2020, that's 15 years, I'm able to still use those skills that I had gained and I'm not gonna say polished but worked on for fifteen years, I'm still using those today as I'm talking to customers and, and getting them to I guess you would say lighten up when you're going into a bank because you know it's it's money, it's finances. Not everybody has tons of money to throw around and starting up bank accounts and, you know, especially the time that we're in now with the stock market crashing and nobody knows what's gonna happen with small businesses and all this other stuff. There's a lot of questions up in the air. So when these people come in to the bank, it's like i try to be as friendly and joke around and make it as light as possible for them. And I would not have been able to learn the systems and everything that I had to in banking if I didn't have that part already down. Because, you know, if you're trying to do something new and there's a lot of new things to do and you don't know how to do any of it, then it's harder to catch on. But since I already had the social skills and the customer part down, then I was able to put most of my resources in learning the system and learning how the proper bank procedures were so I could get it all done well-roundedly. Well, I know if I was
1: walking into the bank today looking for Brandon Lachance, I would not recognize him. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. I've seen pictures. You look like you're 18 again. <laughs> what, what got into your head to make you... Take off the beard that's been there since I've known you.
0: I have not shaved like full shaving like this since I think 2009 or 2010. It's been more than 10 years. But uh, with the coronavirus, everything going on, I'm working with the public. Right now we're in a weekly rotation. But before the changes and stuff, you know, I'm around a lot of people all the time. Whether, you know, I'm a carrier because I am a kind of younger guy and I could not have symptoms and be carrying it. I just thought it would be safe less air traffic less you know germs and stuff being held onto my face i've had problems before with the beard where you know it could be a random summer day i'm not sick and all of a sudden i got cold sores and stuff because my maybe i didn't wash my beard well enough and you know i broke out so i don't want that to be an issue now during a crazy time in america
1: i agree well people that walk in They're going to see a friendly face now. So hopefully hopefully you get some more customers coming in after listening to this interview. How have you been spending your time with the coronavirus? I've had to go out for essential, you know, needs of milk and baby food and diapers and things of that nature. But, you know, you're a single guy. What what do you do? I I, I spend my time trying to corral and keep these uh, two little munchkins. I got three of them, but
0: the two that can run around and be crazy, try to keep them active. What are you doing during this time? I've always had, I don't know if I want to say love for cooking, but I've always liked to cook. I always thought I was okay, so I have been cooking a lot. Actually, probably like two meals a day. I haven't eaten out at all. haven't got a carry out or delivery. I've cooked pretty much everything. I was lucky though, because I usually go shopping like once a month. If there's one chore that I hate the most, I will do dishes, I will do laundry with a smile on my face, but when it comes to grocery (laughs) shopping, I absolutely hate it. Well, maybe you and I should
1: uh, switch places because I don't mind the grocery shopping, but my wife would attest that
0: I do not like doing laundry. So maybe you and I can switch once a month. (laughs) (laughs) I got lucky there with my mom has been a dry cleaner for pretty much my entire life. So when she got home from work, she hated doing laundry. She had been doing laundry all day, every day, all week. So she taught me how to do laundry at home, and I have no problem with it, because if anything gets messed up with my clothes, then it's on me. I can't blame anybody else, and I'd rather have it that way. Very
1: bad. How do you feel about, you know, all the ncaa athletics and you know more specifically the tournament i know they canceled it and you know good faith and you know everyone's best interest of not spreading the coronavirus keeping social distancing and you know everything we've heard already but it's a sad time for big time basketball fans such as yourself and myself and probably a lot of people that tune into this how do you feel What, what do you think your top
0: teams would have been moving through the tournament this year it is definitely a sad time, <laughs> no doubt about that. As soon as the NCAA tournament decided to, at first they were going to just have the games, but not have fans there. And I was like, okay, that's an okay idea. At least they're still going to be able to play. The seniors that have, you know, been there for a while, or even the one-and-dones or 2 years and dons, whatever, got to get to the tournament and say they were there and see how far they could get. When the NBA, I think the NBA was the first full league that said, hey, we're suspending play. And then there was a fast trickle every day for the next, like, three days. Pretty much every single league was wrapped up in this bundle where, like, hey, we're not playing until this is over. And then the NCAA decided, you know what, we're not going to play the games at all. And it was definitely a very sad time. But, I mean, our health as, you know, not just our country, but every country is very important. Obviously, I think they made the right move of deciding to cancel play and trying to show people how important it was for us to quarantine, how important that I guess how big of a factor this coronavirus really is. They were the first ones I feel athletics was to put it on a pedestal like, hey, this is a very, very serious thing. What are we doing running around? doing what we were doing before while this virus is here. And with them canceling play, showing us like, hey, we can stop making millions upon millions of dollars. I think the NCAA tournament is probably, I don't know numbers, I don't know for fact, but probably the number two grossing behind the Super Bowl when it comes to sporting events. I mean, we're talking, it's all over the country. They're usually what, they start off in four locations. We have 78 teams that is Bunch of merch that is all kinds of vendors making money from all the people going to the games, and we're talking about colleges all over the entire country of the United States. You have that many people, especially when you're talking about college kids who have nothing to spend their money on except food and liquor and stuff for their school like that's all you do when you're in college and then you got the parents who you know might have graduated from a school in 1975 but when i was at siu there was tons of people who were alone that were at every single game because they knew the team was good so once you get to the tournament that just elevates it time 3 million for them to say, Hey, we are going to toss away all this crazy money that we could be making for the health of our country. I thought that said everything with a loud neon light sign of like, Hey, this is what the country should be doing right now. Well, and I'll be honest
1: early on, I was one of those as there are thousands and millions out there that thought that's eh, just the flu. We'll, we'll, we'll be over this shortly, you know, and, and now my gosh, I mean, we're home for, I, obviously I'm a teacher at LP High School and coach, and I mean, I'm home for three weeks right now. Which leads into our spring break, so I'm actually home for four weeks right now. It's so serious. It's it's almost scary. I hope people that are listening to this are, are still taking precaution of keeping their distancing and washing their hands and just being as safe as possible. Because really, we need to, you know, as they say on TV, flatten the curve. But how about college basketball? I'm just reading here. I read it this morning and got a text message last night. UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago, hands its
0: reins over to the defensive guru, Luke Yaklich. How about that? I am pumped up for Luke. I have done a few stories with him. We've talked quite a lot. Definitely knows his basketball. He is a defensive guru. He, I think he could stop any offense that he wants to. He made Michigan a powerhouse again. Not him alone, but helped them become a powerhouse. Brought him to the NCAA championship game. Helped Texas out a lot. He is a great basketball mind. I am really pumped up for him, and I'm hoping to try to get to some games to see him in action. Yeah, I'm really excited
1: for him. I was excited at, at ISU. I went down and watched him a couple times. And up in Michigan, ex- extremely excited. Texas, I could never get out to watch him. But they were on TV quite a bit this year on ESPN, too. So I got to watch quite a few games on TV. And this is good for him. You said he's a great coach. I know him as a person. He's a great man. Uh, He's a really good dude. It's nice having a former high school basketball coach from Illinois back in Illinois. You know, he can help recruit the high schools and bring some excitement to UIC. Their previous coach also did that, but, uh, you know, they're looking to go a new direction, obviously. So good for him. And maybe you and I will have to take a trip up there to, to watch him sometime.
0: That would be a lot of fun. I would definitely do that. (laughs) We'd have a great story to tell, that's for sure. That's right. We'd have something to talk about the next time I interview you. (laughs) Definitely.
1: Is there anything else you want to add? I mean, I appreciate you letting me do this. Hopefully you're staying safe and taking all the proper precautions. And maybe you and I can meet up again as we did about a year ago at this time and have some dinner and uh, just catch up. Tell me before we go, what was your... uh your first time interviewing me or what was one of the first games you saw do you remember what year that was what who who were the guys on the team what was the interview like after the game did we win or lose
0: i want to say so my first year at the paper would have been the 2011-12 season because i started in august of 11 okay so that was my first year at lp as head coach I probably spoke with you the second year because being part-time, I did like the outlier schools. So LaSalle, Peru is the News Tribune's main school. So I did the Burrow Valleys and the Mendotas and the teams that were like on the outskirts of their circulation routes. So really didn't do LP until the second year. And I believe it was a doubleheader girls and boys in Streeter. Cause I remember being in like that little hallway talking to you and you guys had lost, you were not very happy and you didn't know who I was, (laughs) (laughs) but you weren't mean, not, you weren't like, oh, why is this guy talking to me? You were just kind of like straightforward, like, Hey, I don't really want to talk about this. You didn't say that, but that was kind of like the aura you gave. But you answered all my questions, and I, I probably asked like four or five. You gave me straight answers, which from watching the game, I mean, I knew were true. So you were honest. You were just mad that you lost. <laughs> <laughs> as a lot of coaches, do get upset after
1: a loss. That's great. That's funny. Uh, well, I hope I wasn't too mean. I hope I wasn't too hard on you as a, as a first-year guy covering LP Athletics you haven't been too hard on me i appreciate that hopefully i wasn't too hard on you asking you tough questions today but uh i appreciate you giving me the opportunity this was kind of cool to turn the table and let your viewers know who the real brandon lachance is so anybody can put on the headphones and put on a microphone and talk to everybody else and ask them the questions but i thought um what a neat opportunity that you're giving your viewers here To find out who you are, where you're from, what are your likes and dislikes, and your dreams, and what you really enjoy. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, and I know your listeners
0: will thank you also. Definitely, this has been a lot of fun. I was more than happy to take a break from cooking and mindlessly playing some video games. I'm not really a gamer anymore, but I was like, hey, I got this PlayStation I got nothing but time. Maybe I should play some games. I'm not very good anymore, Jim. Not at all.
1: Well, I've got a Nintendo Wii sitting here that I probably purchased back in maybe 2006 or 7, and it still works. And I just had to plug it in, put some batteries in the controllers, and now my uh, oldest daughter, Chloe... Uh, she can beat me in, in nine holes of golf on there. So she's getting pretty good because we play just about every day just to stay active and keep our brains working, our bodies moving. But even a 4-year-old and 6-year-old still play the, the Nintendo Wii. We just got to keep them active. Thanks a lot, man. We'll, we'll have to do this again soon, maybe the other way around again, but but next year during basketball season. Definitely. We will talk soon, my friend. Take care. Thanks, Brandon.